and take a copy of God's Word in your hand, and today we have a lot of work to do. So you need to be moving pretty quick, and if you're not, uh, uh, so you're not very, very well versed in the Bible today, listen, use your table of contents. Matter of fact, we did it last week. I showed you how to go to the very front of your Bible. I know the kids are getting ready to go. Go to your contents page. Everybody go to your contents page of your Bible, your table of contents, and hold your finger there. Because sometimes you won't use your Bible because you think everybody around you is faster than you are. And we think everybody beside you or in front of you or behind you are saints of God who's been digging in this word for years and years and years. That might be true in some cases, but in most cases, especially in our culture today, most people are illiterate when it comes to the word of God. So they can't find the book of the Bible, so they just quit. So you have a table of contents in the English Bible that you can look. So when we reference the scripture, you can look in your bulletin ahead of time. You can go ahead and cheat because I had those printed for you. And you can see where we're going. And they're also going to be up on the screen. Let me encourage you, especially our kids as before they leave for children's church. We're getting very lazy in this, in this culture we live in. Everything's on the screen. And somebody else will do it for you. I was studying some things and a, a, a pastor referenced something. And always check. He referenced James in a quote, and I looked it up. I was like, that's not in James. It was actually Paul that he was referencing in the book of Titus. So it was a, he made an error, and you can make that error if you're not careful if you're sharing the gospel uh, and looking for reference. So always use your table of contents if you get stuck. And I want to encourage you, there's parts of the Bible that is really white pages in your Bible. They should be dirty and ragged like the rest of your Bible. You should be reading all 66 books. God has given us a library about himself, who he is, and who he wants us to be. So I want to encourage you in that today, okay? Don't, don't feel, if you see somebody doing this, encourage them. As a matter of fact, if you've been in the Bible for the last 30 years well, and somebody's doing this table of contents, won't you just go ahead and be a good neighbor and go to the table of contents and look it up for yourself? Just go find the page number. Would you do that? We want to encourage, and we want to always equip folks for the work of the ministry, all right? Well, children, if you would, 5K through 5th grade, you guys are going to Children's Church and Children's Worship. They're going to go right out the door. Parents will pick up right next door in the Fellowship Cafe, just out these double doors into the next double doors past the Welcome Center. See you guys later. Hope you have a good day, right? Who's the smartest one of all of y'all? Raise your hand. All right, good. I like it. Take some. That's good. Gives you something to work for. You can compete when you get back and find out who's the smartest. In Scripture, that's what I was talking about. If you, if you don't have a copy of today's bulletin and you want a copy, raise your hand. The uh, ushers will bring you one because the notes are in the bulletin and they'll be up on the screen. Let's get going. We have a lot to do today. Let's, let's jump into the Word of God. Matthew chapter 5. We've been going through the Beatitudes or the blessings of Jesus Christ. He's talking to his disciples, those who are following Jesus. This is who he's speaking to. This is not for the whole world. This is for you and for me as Christians today. But he ties into, and I told you as he started, he, he began, as we began several weeks ago, blessed are the poor in spirit. He put the cookies, if you will, on the bottom shelf so the little kids can get them, right? Those of us in our faith, as we grow, we want to grow all the way through our faith that we mature in our faith. And when we have our funeral, we can have a pastor stand of us, over us and say, this person obviously entered to the gates of heaven and they heard what? Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Is that possible to achieve that in this life? If it wasn't possible, God wouldn't put it in the Word. So should we work and expect to be told that from God? The answer is yes. I want to hear that. Does anybody else want to hear that when you get to heaven? Well done, thy good and faithful servant. I want to hear that from the Lord Jesus Christ. So what do we have to do? He gives a prescription, if you will, for life. He tells us, and, and this is, look, this is the sermon. My sermon titles, someone has told me, are not very, um, uh, very proper for a pastor. Here's my sermon title today. Hey, check your heart. 
pretty good, right? I went to the South Carolina, I mean the Southern Baptist Convention in Nashville a couple weeks ago, and they have a wellness check, and I never go to the doctor, so I, I always wait, and I just went by, and they said, hey, there's nobody in here, come by and let's check your uh, sugar and your blood pressure. I'm like, no. I said, you don't have any blood pressure problems if you never get it checked. <laughs> Did y'all know that? You'll never be on blood pressure medicine if you never get your blood pressure checked. Get your blood pressure checked, I'm just kidding. So I go by, and the nurse is talking to me, I said, I bet you I can mess up the, the, my, my pulse, my blood pressure. She goes, no way, this new technology, the wristband stuff, have y'all seen that? And then the one on the arm, so I messed all three of them up. She said, you're gonna have to have the doctor check it. And then the glucose, I just ate a big breakfast, sugary breakfast, pancakes, bacon, I ate everything. You got my glucose checked? She's like, are you diabetic? I'm like, no, I don't think so. I just ate a big sugary breakfast with sugar in my coffee, I, I, I splurged. And then I went over, my, the only good thing I had from the doctor's report was my cholesterol is great. So everything else was, he said, hey, you need to go get a checkup when you get back. So I called my doctor from, I called the doctor's office, and they said, yeah, you can come in for a checkout like two years from now, right? That's when you make an appointment, how it works. So I'm going for my appointment in a couple weeks, but I've had some, he said, you need to get your heart checked, get everything checked before, runs into your family, get it checked. So it made me think when I read the pure in heart, hey, check your heart. So today we're not looking at your physical heart. We're going to be checking your spiritual heart and find out what God's talking to you and to me about his disciples. Because y'all know he speaks from love. Did you know that? God is love. And so when he tells you something from his word to stay away from, he loves you. He's saying, stay away from that. And when he tells you to go towards something, he says, I love you. I want you to go towards that. Just like you would, hopefully, your children. You would want what's best for them. God is greater than you. Amen? Tell somebody this week uh, that uh, we, we got the G-O-D. He's number one. D-A-D. God's put in place to be the spiritual leader at home. And M-O-M. Right? And D-A-D, G-O-D, D-A-D, and M-O-M always trump B-F-F. Remember that, teenagers, right? And parents, don't be your kids B-F-F. They need an M-O-M and a D-A-D, and they really need G-O-D. Don't be their B-F-F. Let them down. Discipline them. Tell them about hard times. Tell them about walking uphill both ways to school in the snow, right? <laughs> they need to hear you. They need to love on, you need to love on them. They need to love back on you, and they will. And because every time you're disciplined, what happens? You ever get spanked when you were children? What's the first thing you want to do? After, besides you're angry, crying, and then you want to go right back to your parents that disciplined you because you knew they did it out of love because they were trying to keep you safe. Well, let's look into the Word today. Matthew chapter 5. This is our Lord Jesus Christ, our loving Heavenly Father. And He sent His Son Jesus here to earth to tell us these things. And we read together Matthew chapter 5, beginning of verse 1. And seeing the multitudes... He basically left them. He went up on the mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. And by the way, did you know that? His disciples will always come to him. Amen? If you're not his disciple, you won't care a thing about what he says. You won't come to church. You won't read his word. You won't listen to Christian music. You won't fellowship with other believers. You don't care because it's not important for you. But those who love the Lord Jesus Christ, just like these disciples physically came, you will actually come to a place and actually meditate on the word of God. You'll come to meet Jesus at some point. Then he opened his mouth, saying, and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. This is where we are today in verse 8. If you missed any of the sermon series, I encourage you to go back. Jeremiah puts those on the website for you. You're welcome to look at TownCreekBaptistChurch.com, and you can pull up the sermon series if you want to stay with us. I want you to do this. Go from your word to your notes. 
The wisest man of the Old Testament under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit wrote this, guard your heart above all else for it is the source of life. That's in Proverbs 4.23. King Solomon passed on instructions his parents and his God taught him. In biblical language, this is important for you to know, the heart, the heart is the center of man. And the heart resides our actions, emotions, motivations, thoughts, will, and words. That's a lot, isn't it? Referring to good and evil men, Jesus instructs us out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. We'll look at that scripture in just a moment. All right, I want you to think about this. this. We're not talking about your bloody muscle that's pumping blood right now through your body. That's obviously your physical heart that we're talking about. This is the innermost being of the human. This is who you really are. If you ask those little kids who just love, say, do you love grandma with all your heart? And they'll say, yeah. And they say, show me with your hands. What will the kid do? This much? If you love grandma with all your heart, what will you do? They'll stretch and they'll try to bend their arms as far as they can bend them around the whole world. They will say, I love you with all my heart. This is what the Lord Jesus Christ is talking about. He's saying, listen, with everything that makes you, you, right? If you had your funeral today and we did your funeral, the person, the body that's laying there, is that you? Do this right here. Touch your skin. The Bible calls this a tent, a temporary dwelling place. That's what we have. The real you is on the inside. Now, this is you, right? This is what you perceive when you know. But the real you, the one, obviously, the soul that gets saved is within you. And this is what the heart is talking about. This is where Jesus is clear. He knows how he made us, and he was the one who created us, John 1 tells us. And he also knows what's in our head, what's in our hearts. But out of the heart resides our actions, emotions, motivations, thoughts, will, and words. You ever said something you shouldn't have said? My wife had to catch up and, and, and get nursery today. Thank God she's not in here for this message. I was like, whew. She said, I got to work nursery. Somebody said, there's not enough help. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Right? I don't want her to amen or owe me over here because she knows these things are true. This is a very tough message to hear, but you know the pastor hears it before he preaches it. And this is a tough message that the Lord tells us how we should live. I drove back from Asheville yesterday in heavy traffic. You can imagine, right? You ever been driving and you're angry about the guy switching lanes, five cars behind you? I'm watching this way, that way, this way, and I'm like, this crazy guy behind this one's like, don't worry about it. Look straight ahead. Don't, don't even look back. I said, he's going to hit somebody. He's going to wreck somebody. She says, that's not your problem. That's why the North Carolina Highway Patrol can take care of that. When we cross over the border, South Carolina Highway Patrol can take care of that. Just leave it alone. Keep driving. I said, he might come up and crash us. She said, he's not even close to us. Just wait. Just keep driving. You ever do that sometimes? You ever think? Let me ask you this other question just so I won't think I'm strange because y'all look at me pretty strange. Do you ever talk to the other drivers when you're driving? Anybody do that? <laughs> Praise God. I'm so proud of y'all. Listen, I thought I was crazy. I talked to everybody, right? I'm talking to the yellow car, the blue one. I'm talking down the street. I, I'm, I'm looking down, talking to everybody. If we're not careful, we can actually want everybody to fit into our category, right? Drive like I drive. Make the decisions I would make. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever made bad decisions when driving? Anybody ever have a car accident? Raise your hand if you've ever had a car accident. I haven't. Right? I've wrecked on dirt roads, but I don't, not, not, no ticket access, right? If everybody did what we did, there would, would still be accidents, wouldn't they? We still have State Farm, Allstate, Nationwide, all those insurance companies insuring us. We're paying a lot of money, saying we're putting a little bit of money up, and they're saying, hey, we'll take your money, and we're going to put a lot of money back out. If you wreck, we're saying you're not going to wreck, and we're saying, and you're saying, yes, I am. It's just a matter of time. Here's my premium, right? That's what we're saying when we, we exchange the risk. Our companies are saying, we'll take the risk. Well, here the Lord Jesus Christ is very clear. There is a risk in living this life. You have the flesh, that's you, me, right? 
fighting against the Spirit of God. This is talking to disciples of Jesus Christ. We will all face this. We'll all face temptations in this life. James 1 is clear. And when we fall and face temptations is because we want it. We want to do the wrong thing. Our flesh desires to do the wrong thing every single time. None of those children went out that door. None of the children in the preschool. You don't have to teach those children to sin. They're naturally born in the sin, such as you and I. So we know that we're sinners. Even someone who's never been to church, listen, how many classic rock and roll songs talk about going to hell? Even people that are, that are lost, they'll tell you, hey, go to hell. They don't know what they're saying, but they'll tell you that. How many people tell you to go to heaven? You ever been told that? I wish you'd just die and go to heaven. Well, can I encourage you today? I just wish you would die and go to heaven. But there's only one way to get there. That's through the Lord Jesus Christ. In John 14, 6, he says that very clearly. But I want you to see what Jesus promised a blessing. Look at verse 8 again if we could carefully. What does he say? Blessed or happy, joyful are the pure in heart. What's going to happen? The pure in heart. We're going to need to check this thing out. For they shall see God. Well, this is one of, the, one of the blessings and one of the Beatitudes that Jesus talks about. Look at your notes. The blessing Jesus promised for a pure heart refers to a blameless heart. Not a perfect heart, by the way. The Holy Spirit's perfect. He lives within you. There's preachers today that are preaching that when you become a Christian, you will be perfect. You'll no longer sin again. There's men who stand in pulpits saying they haven't sinned in the last so many years, whatever it might be. Have you heard them? Don't believe them. The Lord Jesus Christ is very clear. We're all sinners. There's always a daily war going on. Paul says it. James says it. And they're inspired by the Holy Spirit of God who says it. God says that we're sinners. It's our nature. But he gives us a new nature, a new creation. But listen, only thing perfect in you is the Holy Spirit of God. Your flesh, your mind, your thought, your emotions, all those things called up in the hearts, they'll still do sinful things. The Bible even warns us, listen, out of the same mouth should never come blessings and cursings. How many times have blessings and cursings come out of our tongue? James says the tongue will start a small fire and set the whole world on fire. Why? Because gossip and slander, it tastes good, the Bible says. When you talk about someone else, it tastes good, it feels good, because it puts you up here and it takes them down here. You get elevated just for a moment. But the Lord says don't do this. He's talking about a heart that's blameless, one which was without guilt. He's talking about a clean heart. Who may ascend to the hill of God? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. That's what he said in the Old Testament. It's what he says in the New Testament. You think God's trying to tell you and me something today? He's trying to tell the world. If you simply read that, well, how do I get a pure heart? How do I get clean hands? And the Bible is exactly uh, clear on how to do that. Let me give you this. Look at your notes. The pure heart desires to please God. Before you became a Christian, you can't please God. Nothing you do pleases God. Everything you do, the Bible says you're at war. Enmity is the word the Bible uses. You're at war with God. You pulled your sword out. You pulled your weapon out, and you said, God, let's go. I'll take you on. Anybody live that way? Anybody live for the devil, run the roads, sow wild oats, whatever you call it? We got all kind of nicknames for sin, don't we? You took off and you ran away from God and said, I challenge you, God, to catch me. You might not have said that in your own words, but that's how you were living. That's how you were born. Rebellion is in our hearts from birth. But God, thank God, that's in the scripture, right? God in his mercies, we talked about his mercies, and we talked about his, his tender loving kindness, his grace, that he comes out in. The Bible says, no man comes to the Father, meaning you won't wake up tomorrow and say, tomorrow, I think at Fuge Camp, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. Young people, you will not do that. 
You say, are you a prophet? No, I'm not a prophet. I can just read the word of God. It says no one comes to the Father unless he draws you to himself. He's not going to change his nature nor his ways for any of us. He says you'll do it my way or you won't get it done. Do it my way, get my results. That's what he says every single time. Listen, the pure heart desires to please God. It is consumed with what would Jesus do? It is the best way of living. You say, well, I'm exhausted trying to live the Christian life. Good, give up on it. Give up trying to be a Christian and let the Holy Spirit live through you. He's the one that's supposed to be living. If you would, like a puppet, if you would, let the Holy Spirit tell you what to say. Let the Holy Spirit let you make the motions in life. If you will allow him, if you will submit yourself to the Holy Spirit, he promises, listen, Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. You ever been abandoned by somebody who was your friend? Or your parents? You ever got lost in a store, Walmart, Roses, or any of those things? You ever seen little kids lost? They feel abandoned, right? <laughs> they just cry. Don't, y'all remember the days when you used to go up front and they could they would broadcast and call your parents to the front? Did y'all ever break away and just go up front and call your brother or sister out and have them come up front? I used to do that. I used to love it. I used to sneak up to the front and then perk, stay in place because of the front. Steve Smith. I said, love it. It was awesome. Here's what the Lord's trying to tell you. Listen, he's broadcasting and asking you to come to him. He's telling you that actually he is the one who loves you. He is the one who died for you. He is the one who was rose again the third day according to the scriptures for you. And then he comes back and says, listen, if you will come to me, when I draw you to myself, when you come to me, I'll give you everlasting life. I'll give you pure hands. Uh, I'll give you a clean heart. Watch what he says in scripture. The first step, so you know, the first step to having a pure heart is to have one that is cleansed by the Lord Jesus himself. Well, how does he cleanse us? Let's go over, if you would, Matthew, uh, excuse me, Romans chapter 10. Romans 10. Flip it in your pages. I want you to mark it in your Bible, because this is so important for you to know this. If you miss this, you'll miss everything we're talking about today. There is no possible way to have clean hands or a pure heart without being redeemed by the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 10, beginning of verse 8. Let's read together, if you would. Romans 10. Beginning of verse 8. You can read before and after this. We only have time for the passage of Scripture I'm reading today. But please, by all means, go back and read before this and read after this so you can actually get it in context. Romans 10, verse 8. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your what, church? Heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. This is Paul talking. He says this in verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth. Listen, can I make this as simple as Jesus did? Take your finger, if you would, just for a second, like this, your pointer finger, and point to your mouth. I know the COVID's possibly coming back, but just point to your mouth. Don't touch it, just point to it. If you confess with your mouth, listen, and you believe in your heart, you confess your mouth to the Lord Jesus Christ, and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be what? This is from God. This is Paul writing this. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised from the dead, You'll be saved if you confess the Lord Jesus Christ, excuse me, with your mouth. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. Not again, not that bloody muscle. This is the person, you, this is who you are. This is your soul. This is deep down within you. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Then he says, for the scripture says, whoever believes on him, that's Jesus, will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be what, church? Saved. Saved. That's what it means to have a pure heart. That's how you get your pure heart. It's a gift from God. 
If we backed up the Romans 6, 23, he tells us, for the wages of your sin is death. But the gift of God, there's a gift. The gift of God is eternal life in and through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's what he says. It's Jesus who created you. It's Jesus who draws you to himself. It's Jesus who died for you. And it's Jesus who said, I'll always come and live with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you if you receive me as your Lord and Savior. He said, it sounds too simple. It is that simple if he calls you, but it's that complex as well. How can the God of all creation, the God of eternity, of ancient of days, care about me? Little old me in South Carolina, knowing what I've done, know where I'm from, knows my background, knows my future. How can the great God like that care about me? Why would he care about me? And the answer is, he just does. I don't have any purpose, right? Uh, other than what his purposes are for my life. People are walking aimlessly today. Uh, they're, they're saying, I don't know if I'm a boy or a girl. They're, they're clueless of who God made them. Uh, they don't know what they're supposed to do in life. I don't know what I'm supposed to do in life. People are, are killing other people because they want to go and do something because they want to achieve something and be, have that momentary moment of fame for their name to broadcast across the news, and they're satisfied. There's so much more to life than being famous. Would you agree? God has a purpose and a plan for your life. If you hear nothing today, listen, hear that God loves you. He has a plan for your life. He wants to see you succeed because wherever you go, whatever you do, whatever you say, he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Every place you go, everything you look at, he's with you. If you're a Christian today and you're involved in something you shouldn't be involved in, he says, you better leave that now. Get out of that now. Repent of that. Turn from that and get back right with me. And if we refuse, the Bible says, just as a, a earthly father disciplines his children, so will our heavenly father discipline those he loves. Let me tell you, let me warn you today, if you're dabbling in sin, the heavenly father is going to correct you, and he might take you home early. You might get the express lane, if you know what I mean. You understand? Even Paul says, some, be careful, some people who take the Lord's Supper in vain, they take it, some are sick because they took it in vain, and some are asleep or dead because they took it in vain. They mocked the very blood of Jesus Christ, and he took them home to glory. These are Christians he's talking about, not lost people. So be careful today. You live in a dangerous society because sin abounds around us, right? Y'all read 2 Timothy chapter 3 lately? Perilous times are going to come in the last days, and all of these things is happening right here, right now. So how do we stand? Here we go. Let's find out. Evidence of your condition, your heart condition. Here you go. You find out if you've got a pure heart or a polluted heart. Well, John chapter 14, let's begin. This is a long passage, but you need to see what the Word says. This is Jesus speaking. Of course, he's talking to the Pharisees or trying to say, listen, our religion's just as good as what you're saying. You ever been that way? You ever been to the pharmacy and the, and the doctor prescribed something and somebody says, oh, we don't have that, but we have the uh, what? We have the generic, just as good. And I always like, well, if it's made in the same lab, maybe it's just as good. But there's no way it can be just as good, right? It's a knockoff. You go overseas to China, you go through North Face, there's a whole North Face company. You go in there and you're like, is these real North Face? I mean, they're like 15 bucks. Oh, yeah, these are, these are, these are close. They say North Face. They might say North Faces. They might say, <laughs> they, it, 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 there's always something. And they may be ripped in the back, but uh, it's the same. It's real, it's real, it's real, it's genuine. It's not genuine. You, you can tell it's a knockoff, I mean, especially for, even for the price. And well, in life, we're always trying to substitute for what God says is the facts. Would you agree? Here's, look at it. He says about love. This is Jesus talking to the ones who's trying to say, well, ours is just as good as what you're talking about. 
John 14, beginning verse 12, most assuredly I say to you, this is Jesus speaking, listen to his words. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he also will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Let me just ask you a simple question. Have you done great works in the name of Jesus lately? Has someone come to you and said, how in the world is that happening in your life? You're praying for stuff and it's actually coming to pass. You're out there actually doing something. You prayed for healing and someone was healed. How in the world is that happening? And what do you say? I don't know. I guess I was lucky. Don't ever say that. Does someone ask you to pray for something? Do you go to the Father? The Bible says you have direct access to the throne room of God. It says come boldly there asking. Jesus tells us another passage you don't have because you don't ask. Well, God just might not hear my prayers. Well, I know how I am. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Yes, you are. Get over that. You're already saved. Right? That's past tense. Move to the present and the future. God has a plan for your life. What if you've been called to be the prayer warrior for a certain person, for a certain place, for a certain church, for a certain missionary? What if? You said, not me. Yes, you. Do you think Matthew did anything great in his life? Anybody? The, the, the writer of Matthew, think he did anything great in his life? He was a sorry tax collector. He turned on his own people and was charging tax plus some for Rome. Does that bother anybody? Would have bothered you during the time, right? If, you're, if your accountant says, okay, this is your tax bill, and plus you owe me another thousand plus dollars because of my extra hard work. Well, I've already paid your fee. No, you still owe me on top of that. I've taken it off what you owe the government, so you've got to actually pay the government that. You'd be angry, right? How about Paul? If he came in today, if Paul was still Saul, he would walk in those back doors and have every one of us arrested so that he might put us in jail and stop the name of Jesus Christ from being preached. It's coming to our day, right? Have you been looking at what's going on in Canada? They're arresting pastors at their home, taking them out in handcuffs because they're having a home church at their home in the name of covid in the name of being politically correct, because pastors, any pastor that preaches against homosexuality in Canada, now it's against the law. It's coming to a door near us, right? Are you ready to be arrested for the kingdom of God? Are you ready to stand for the king? If we're not ready to even live for him, how will we ever plan to die for him? Let's continue. He says this, whatever you ask in my father's name, in my name, that I will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Anything in my name. Now, you say, well, I can just go ask for this or that. No, what's going to happen? If you have a pure heart, clean hands and a pure heart, you're going to actually ask for the things that God wants to be done. You'll pray, thy will be done, thy kingdom come. Give us this day our, what? Daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who have debts, right? Who trespass against us. You'll actually live in love. You'll do the things that God wants you to do. Because 15, he qualifies it. If you love me, what should we do, church? Come on, all of you ain't been doing it. That's why you don't want to read it. Let's, let's read it out loud. Listen, this is Jesus saying this. If we, if we didn't preach anything else today, let's read it together, out loud as you can. If you love me, keep my commandments. Now, I'm looking at y'all. Y'all, if you can see me, I can see you. Everybody wouldn't move in their mouth. I know you're saying, well, I was taught to be quiet in church. Well, get over your teaching, and let's read the Word of God together, okay? Now, let's read that loud like we mean. I'm looking at you. I'm going to see if your mouth's moving. Ready? Go. If you love me, 
keep my commandments. This is what Jesus says to do. He said, command such a strong word. Well, the king can command. Did you know that? This is his kingdom and you are his creation. He can command you because he's your king. But he's commanding you out of what? We don't, he's not authoritarian up there telling us what to do. He's commanding you this. Why? It would say this. You can complete this. We'll say it in 15 and we're not going to read all of it. If you love me, keep my commandments because I love you. I know what's best for you. If you do it my way, you're going to get my results. You say, well, I've read a head pastor. It says, blessed are you when you're persecuted for my namesake. Persecution's coming to a town near you and me. Amen. Take it on boldly because you don't, we're not afraid of those who persecute us. We're not afraid of their message, their means. We're not afraid of anything. I serve the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. I'm, listen, he's in charge of everything. What can man do to me? You say, you might get shot. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. You might get tortured. Well, who's going to see me through? I know two people locked up in chains. We preach about the book of Acts. They sang hymns because they were empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. Now, we can't explain it. Do I want to be persecuted? Not necessarily. Do I want to see the bad days coming? I don't. But I want to live like Jesus told me to live. I want to follow his commands as best I know how. I want to love because he says to love, and then he makes me to feel love and actually express love. I want to get to the day that I love just because he is in me, right? Because to everybody, even the people that, that make me angry, the people that do the vilest sin, all we have to do is remember who we were before we became a Christian. Lord, teach us to love, right? Well, the polluted heart, let me go over that. And you finish reading in your scripture because we don't have time. You have it in your notes. He tells you, I'm the vine, right? I'm the vine and my father is the vine dresser. He tells you, connect to me, stay with me, then you'll know how to live this life. Let me go to the polluted heart. Mark chapter 7, if you would, just one, a couple books back. Mark chapter 7, Jesus again talking to those Pharisees who said, well, my religion's just as good as what you guys are offering. How silly could we possibly be? When we share the gospel many times, people are saying, listen, have you ever heard this, that the gospel that we found in the scripture is a white man's gospel? You ever heard that said before? This book was written in the Middle East. Anybody? Did you know that's where it's come from? It's not a white man's gospel. It's God's gospel. God's way of salvation. Not a black man's gospel. It's not even a Middle Eastern's gospel. It's God's gospel. Thank God he let translators put it in language we can understand so we can know our God personally. It's not a foreign concept where I have to have somebody up here read it to me and then tell me what it says. You, if you're a Christian, have the same Holy Spirit inside of you that the writers of the gospel had encouraged them, inspiring them to write the Word of God. You don't need a teacher to learn. You say, well, what am I here at church for? Because you come to bring your gift today. You come to bring yourself today that you might give yourself away to the brothers and sisters that are in the assembly today. Our fellowship together, we fellowship and show koinonia. We show love to one another because we love him first and we love others as we love ourselves. That's the greatest commandment. Did you know that? Jesus himself said that. We have a job to do. The polluted heart looks like this. Here we go, Mark 7. Mark 7, beginning of verse 20. Here's the polluted heart. And he said, what comes out of a man, that defiles a man. From within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts. Church, is that true? Adulteries, 
Amen. Let's go. I'm, I'm reading straight out of the same. I hope you're reading out of the text. I'm reading out of it, right? Fornication. Is Adrian the only one doing all these sins? Listen. Murders. Thefts. Covetousness. Wickedness. Deceit. Lewdness. An evil eye. Blasphemy. Pride. Foolishness. Why am I losing all of you? Because you know you're living right here. Christians can walk it up on this as well. You say, well, the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. Yes, he does. But I told you when we started, the flesh wars against the Spirit. You can get right into these sins yourself. And he says in verse, Jesus kind of wraps it up in a, like a nutshell. All of these evil things come from within and defile a man. This is what's in you. And he's trying to eradicate that every day. Every time you go to say something, don't say that. The Holy Spirit says, watch your mouth. It's better if you don't say anything. Don't say that. Don't look at that. Don't go to that website. Don't do that thing. Don't cross that up. Don't commit these sins that he lists here. That's what a polluted heart does. Let me go back over to the pure heart. Philippians 4, 8. Let's look. You need to see this because, listen, how does there, how do, if you don't know this, how are your children supposed to know this? The answer is they won't. They don't because you're not teaching them. We can't teach children everything in vacation Bible school. We had kids come this week and says, listen, my two, when our parents get married, then we'll be brothers and sisters. And they were talking about two female parents. We're facing everything in our generation that these poor children are confused. And if you stay in your little corner in your house, inoculate with, they won't get to us. We're staying right here in our house. God bless you is all I can tell you. It'd be better if you just went on to glory. We got to get out and get dirty. Get snotty, get the slime like we had this week on us. Isn't that right? We had slime, they had slime for days back here. It was gross. Kids loved it. But every time we put our hands in that gross slime or we're putting out pine straw or we're doing something, uh, preaching or teaching, listen, we're doing it for the glory of God. Nobody in the right mind does this stuff just because they want to. We do it because we're compelled to because of love. That's why we do it. Good virtues. Look at uh, Philippians 4, 8. When you're there, say amen. Of course, read below this, uh, uh, before this and after this, because this, this is a great passage of Scripture. Not that there's a bad one. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report, of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And the church says what? Amen. You ever wake up cranky once some days and don't feel like none of this? I feel just the opposite of this sometimes, right? But where's our feelings and emotions come from? Our hearts. So when you feel cranky and cantankerous, you don't feel like being kind and you don't feel like being humble and you don't feel like being just and you don't feel like being pure, what should you do? An indicator should go off, right? Something's wrong. The Holy Spirit says, get it fixed. And you run to the scripture, Lord, I'm not feeling like I should feel today. My heart, what's coming out of me is not what actually is biblically correct for a Christian. Lord, fix my heart. And David would say, wash me with hyssop. Lord, it's like the cattails down by the pond. Dip it in, if you would, wash me with hyssop. Cleanse me, Lord. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And that's what we do. We have in 1 John 1, 9 today, it says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins 
and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We don't have to have somebody's dishcloth or washcloth or hyssop to wipe us away today. All we have to do is come to our Heavenly Father and say, listen, I have sinned today. I woke up angry. Y'all ever wake up angry with your spouse? Anybody get in a fight before they come to church this morning? Don't, don't raise your hand. I do counseling on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Anybody yell at your kids, get in the car? That's the worst thing. You get so angry at your children on Sunday mornings, don't you? We're going to worship Jesus, right? Anybody? That's how we used to go to the preacher's kids. Used to go to, that's how we used to go to church. Okay. I can't wait to go learn about Jesus, right? Just listen. Get yourself back to a place. Pull back over, whether it's Christian music, whether it's the Word of God, whether it's prayer time, whether it's meditation, whatever you need to do, pull aside, get back to Christ, and then go back and model for your kids because God is love. Defilement, Jesus said again in Matthew 15, some of the same things, similar scripture uh, that Matthew would record, that Mark would record. And then let's finish it out with go to spiritual fruit. Go to spiritual fruit to Galatians chapter 5. And Galatians is kind of a, if you're ever one of those people who says, I just wish there was a checklist. Remember I've said this before? If I just had a checklist, I'd live by it. No, you won't. Jesus has provided hundreds of checklists in the Bible. Here's a checklist. Check this one off. Spiritual fruit, Galatians 5, through 26. This is what comes out of a pure heart. When you're there, say amen. Everybody didn't say amen because you're not there. You don't care. I'm going to read about you in just a minute. Just stay tuned. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit, who is the Spirit? God is spirit, right? The Holy Spirit, but the fruit of the Spirit is this, love, joy, peace. You might say patience or long-suffering, depends on your translation. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's a big one there for us today, isn't it? Well, I just got it on my mind. I'm just going to say it. Don't say it. If you got to crank up before you say it, turn it off, Right? Against such things, there is no law. And the Lord comes back later and tells us it's the law of God. It's the law of Christ is what holds us. It's the law of love. Verse 24, and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Meaning, I really want to go do that. Remember that as a young person? I really got to be there. I got to be at that party. I got to go there. I got to see that. I got to do that. Have you seen that video? It's hilarious. It's a little bit X-rated, but it's hilarious. Go look at it. Flee away from that. Get away from it. Because 25 is the capstone. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. That's the pure heart. Well, let's look at that polluted heart, same scripture. Back it up a little bit. This is the ones that didn't want to see it. Ungodliness. Galatians chapter 5, beginning of verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, there it is again, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murderers, drunkenness, rivalries, and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I've told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not, will not, Inherit the kingdom of God. Mackenzie sent me a list of questions for camp this week. She said, Dad, can you answer these questions? Because she's at sports camp up in Black Mountain. All sports camps, some really strong athletes. She said, you'll see some of these girls come out and play at the WNBA, Dad. I'm telling you, they'll be, they'll be a star. They're that good. Kids being an athlete herself, all women's sports. What's happening today? Women talking about, obviously, I just think I love women. I'm, 
I'm this or that. And she said, the question, one of the questions that keeps coming up is, can I be a homosexual and go to heaven? He said, whoa, wait a minute now. That's, that's a question for our day. Well, I'm going to answer it for you, okay? Actually, I'm, God's going to answer it for us, okay? Somebody says, well, I was born a homosexual. You ever heard that saying? You ever heard, anybody ever heard that? Just raise your hand. Let's just talk a little bit for a moment. I was born a homosexual. Well, here's an answer. Okay, so what? He said, well, you believe that? I believe you were born a sinner. Just choose your sin, right? Anybody else born a sinner? Is homosexuality a sin? So when someone says, I was born homosexual, you go, okay, <laughs> okay. You were also born a, a thief, a liar. You were born all these other things because sin across the board is sin. We were born into sin, therefore you can't escape it. You were born an adulterer. You were born a fornicator. We all have failed and sinned against God. So no matter where you want to start the track, the answer is, okay, so you were born into sin. But here's where you need to take that sin because these are evidence. I just read you, I don't know how many there, fruits of the flesh, works of the flesh. But here's what you need to understand. Paul is very clear under the inspiration of God himself. Paul writes, as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Can you be homosexual and practice it and go to heaven? The answer is, based on the word of God, the answer is absolutely not. But you also can't cheat on your wife. This is a habitual practice. I want to do this. You say, we're going to do it every once in a while? Don't we always try to get that little cheat in? The answer is no. Well, the answer is yes, you can participate in anything you want to do. But you will not see the kingdom of heaven. You say, well, I don't like that. Take it up with him. Because he's the one who created us. He's the one that calls out sin. He's the one that died for sin. He's the one that makes the rules. You say, well, I don't like the rules. Take it up with him. He wants you to have a pure heart because he loves you. He doesn't want you to, he wants you to get rid of the polluted heart because he loves you. You say, well, does God hate the homosexual? Does God hate the adulterer? The answer is, it might catch you off guard, yes and no. The Bible says while we're in sin, we're at enmity with God. We're at war, war with God, as we said, no matter what our sin of choice is. But when we come into his fellowship, when he changes our heart, what does he do? He gives us a new heart. The Bible says, 1 Corinthians, we become a new creation. All things have become what? New. God makes us new. Our desires are different. Yeah, we can say, that's who I used to be. That's not who I am anymore. Somebody says, didn't you used to? And you go, yeah, twice, right? That's not who I am anymore. Are you still tempted? Can I tell you something, church, today? Jesus was tempted. He was tempted. So it's not a sin to be tempted. What happens when your thoughts take off and you go, oh, man, I just feel this way. I just, I grew up this way. I feel this way. What happens when your thought takes off that way? The Bible says, grab all thoughts, what? captive put them in a cage and lock them up take them for a boat ride and throw them in the ocean right lock them up take your thoughts captive and say lord you're the captain of my life i've caught these thoughts because i i know that's wrong you ever been praying and going how did that get in my mind anybody praying quietly satan doesn't want you to draw near to god he wants you to stay separated anything you can do to break your stride with god he'll do it or break your heart he'll do it let me finish up as we look at this. How can anyone keep a pure heart? Psalms 119, 9 through 6 says this. Stay close to God who created you and saved you. 
Romans 12, 1 through 21 says, behave like a biblical Christian. If you need a list, there's a whole list for you in that passage of scripture in Romans chapter 12. You can go down the list and check it off and say, uh, don't return evil for evil. Okay, I won't do that. Uh, act like a Christian, I'll do that. Love one another, I'll do that. Use your gifts for the church. Whoa, there's a big one. Right, Blue's Clues, y'all got that? Y'all remember that when it used to be around? There's a clue. Use your giftness. You come Sunday after Sunday. Some of you walk in those back doors every Sunday, last minute, come to church. You say, well, at least I was here. It's not for you today. Did you know that? I'm not here for you, and you're not here. Well, you are here for me, and I'm here for you not to preach to you, but to love you, to high-five you, to aggravate you, to, to talk about how good life is, and, and see if there's something I have I can give you. That's what you're here to You encourage me. Richard Bragg encouraged me every time I walk past him. He's always smiling, got a good word. Miss Carolyn tells me something nice. Miss Janet always wants to give me a hug, and she'll send me a text after church. There's always somebody that's doing something that actually encourages her. Hey, I prayed for you today. Anybody here ever prayed for somebody else in the room? Man, we need it, don't we? This is, we're here for each other. Don't come to get, come to give. And when you give, what happens? You walk away with duffel bags full of blessings. You can't handle it. You say, I can't wait to get back to church next week. I'm going to call somebody in the middle of the week. I'm going to go do a good deed. I'm going to help somebody else. I'm going to share the gospel. And then you get drained by Saturday night. You just I can't make it. And the devil tells you how tired you are and how your arthritis is kicking up, how you get the game's going to be on today. Just stay home and watch it online. COVID just might come back this week, right? And then you come here and you get encouraged. You bring your tired self here and you say, oh, hey, good morning. And then it starts. And then it starts again. You get all filled up. Your duffel bag's all full. You take off this week. You, know, you go share the gospel Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. You're excited. By the time Saturday comes, you're drained. Oh, man. I just can't get up in the morning. All those thoughts come. Anybody ever face that? I did that not too long ago. I was like, I just can't. I'm not going in the day. When it's like, you're the pastor, you have to. <laughs> right? I call Mike, right? Call Adrian. Y'all, listen, there's a way to do this. Behave like a biblical Christian. Paul told Timothy, run away from youthful lust and fights. And finally, James tells us probably the best way. I just can't get the devil off my back. You ever heard somebody say that? Here's what he says. You first submit to God and resist the devil. And the Bible says he has to what? Flee. This is the God commandment. This is not something you can say, well, it didn't happen in my life that way. Well, something's wrong with you because God hadn't changed. You submit first to God. God, I submit my ways. I bow my knee to the King of kings, Lord of lords. I know that I'm saved. I know that I've been obedient through believer's baptism. I know that, Lord, I'm doing the best I can to have a daily walk with you. And the devil seems to persecute me over and over. Come on in the house. I got you back, right? Because Jesus said, I'll never leave you, nor forsake you. And when Jesus steps in, guess what Satan does? Whoop! He's an angelic being. He's a, he's a demon, right? Head devil. But he's still just a little bitty, puny angel compared to holy God. So every time you roll into God's presence, what happens? Satan's like, I'll, I'll check you later, right? Catch up with you in a little bit. He'll wait on you, right? Because we'll get out of his presence every so often. We'll get upset or sleepy, whatever it might be. And every time you just run to God, like a, like a loving Heavenly Father, run to God, run to Him. Say, Lord, you know what's up? Devils and demons have to leave you. They'll, they'll get away. They got to get away. Don't talk to the devil. Don't waste your time. Don't look back. Look forward. Look up to the one who sits on the throne. Jesus said, if we have a pure heart, we will see God. Did you see that in Matthew chapter 5? Blessed are those who are pure in heart, for they will 
see God. Are you looking forward to the day you get to see the Lord Jesus Christ face to face? Woo, it's going to be a good day, isn't it? Stand in his presence and sing thank you. We'll be singing praises then for sure, that's for sure. Here's the challenge. Let me leave you with a challenge because sometimes when you preach, I've heard preachers preach good and bad messages and walk away going, so what? Here's the challenge. I'm going to challenge all of you today. Listen, look at your notes. Begin today, ask the Holy Spirit to use the Holy Scriptures to give you a heart checkup. Because you know, just like I said, there's no high blood pressure if you don't get it checked. Well, that's a dumb comment, right? I saw some of your faces like, you said that in front of the whole church? I know it was a dumb comment, but I just can't help myself sometimes, okay? So I got to go get a doctor to use tools to look at my heart. And if they find something wrong, what are they going to do? They're going to send a little balloon up there and take a look and see if there's anything stopped it, right? Or give me some medications. I can't look at my heart and tell you my heart's good or bad. But the doctors can do that, right? Only the Holy Spirit can look at your spiritual heart and check it, check you out. Submit to him. Ask the Holy Spirit to use the Holy Scriptures to give you a heart checkup. If your heart is not pure, ask him to fix it. Obey what he says to do because why? He loves you. He wants your spiritual condition rock solid. He wants you to be in lockstep with him because if you do it God's way, church, guess what happens? Come on, let's say it again. If you do it God's way, what happens? You get God's results every single time. He's not like, oh, I missed that one. I'm sorry, Clint. I was up there hanging out. I was talking to Gabriel and my bad, Bo. Is that what he does? He's always alert. He's always with me. He's always protected me. He's right there with me. And he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you to the end of the age. And by the way, I'm not going to make it to the end of the age. I don't believe. I believe the Lord's coming back. Regardless if I do make it or if I don't make it, guess what? He's with me. He loves me. And he wants to see me through. Because when I do it his way, I bring him glory. That's what he wants, that we might glorify the Father through the Son. The Holy Spirit, every single time, wants you, hey, bring him glory. Well, Lord, my work is so hard. Bring him glory. Lord, you don't understand my family. Bring him glory. And when you do that, he works in your situation. He works in your work, in your school, wherever it might be. He works so that you might bring him glory. He's an amazing God that we serve. He loves you. He loves me. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much that you do love us. Father, I do pray that you would actually allow us, human beings who are so headstrong, Lord, we want to do it our way. And we get offended when we hear from the Word of God that says, change your ways. But Lord, you're always bringing about course corrections in our life that we would change our ways and have a pure heart, not a polluted heart. Help us to receive the challenge today, Lord, that we would ask you, through the power of the Holy Spirit, to use the Holy Scriptures, that we might open up these Romans 12. Everything that was listed in our bulletin today, just using those Scriptures, saying, Lord, I need to check myself. Is this what I'm feeling today? Is this my emotions? Is this my will? Is this my mindset? And then, Lord, we come and ask you to forgive us, Lord, if we're living in sin, that we might have this pure heart and bring you glory. Lord, to God be the glory in all of our lives today. I pray a blessing over this church today that, Lord, we are who you say we are, Lord. Your word is true, how we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.